Hey, coming up tonight on your favorite podcast, it's week 15 coming up in the NFL. But first, we got to take a look at week four. Well, what was it? Was it 15 last week? It was 15 last week. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. What a wild week of football this was. Uh, just insane, insane, insane. Uh, the Vikings game was just the beginning, and it only got more crazy from there. Uh, how many games ended up in the last second, uh, came down to the final play, walk-offs by Patriots with a disastrous finish, uh, the Cowboys losing at the gun to the Jags, so much stuff to get to. And we will do that tonight with Zach and Ryan, along with the airing of grievances, the second annual Festivus NFL airing of grievances. This should no doubt be a spirited one tonight. we got a lot to talk about, the playoff window, uh, where we're at with the Eliminator, power rankings, predictions, you name it. It's all coming your way, and it's coming up next on the podcast. That's right. The Tim Anderson podcast strutting and cutting their way to another NFL recap on the pod this evening. Hello, everybody. I'm Tim. That's my buddy Ryan over there. Howdy. Yeah, no doubt about it. And on the other side, decked out in his Reggie White 92, watching the Packers and the Rams locked up in a tight 3-3 battle is uh, the coach, Zach Neenaber. Zach, hello. It's a uh, game night. Our... You know, our slim playoff hopes are on the line. I've got a stiff drink and uh, my Reggie White jersey on for a little good luck. What are we drinking tonight? What's in the glass? I, I just got some bourbon, just straight. Oh, if they uh, if they win tonight, are they are they still alive or are they are they if they lose are they out? I guess is my question. Um, if they lose, they're down. Like they just showed it actually on the broadcast. It'd be down to like a point eight percent chance. Jeez. Um, if they win, they're at like 12 or 13 percent. They they need to win out and have Washington drop two of the next three. Okay. That's that's the simplest method. Um, there's some other ways they could they could get in if Washington drops all of them and they lose one and it's not to Detroit, I think. But the simplest way is to win out. Pretty much because that would get you to nine and eight. And we, we've been kind of saying all year that we thought nine and eight might get it done in the NFC. Uh, to be a seven seed, and certainly this game's very winnable tonight. So that would be a, a start six and eight. So, and, and then there's honestly, some games still on the schedule. Honestly, nine and eight might get it done in the AFC now too. Um, you're probably yeah. right. There's yeah, some teams right. that have fallen off there, and there's a lot of teams at nine and eight. You probably don't feel good about nine and eight, but you might get in at nine and eight. You might True. miss at nine and eight too, right? There might be some teams that get in at nine and eight and don't get in at nine and eight, but. I think New England might be a nine and eight team that doesn't make it this year after yesterday. Yeah, we'll talk about that one when we get into it because I got uh, got a little little recap there. But I want to open with something philosophically today, Ryan and uh, Zach. And it was a conversation that we had because I, I again I understand that not everybody's in our fantasy football league, but Zach, Ryan, myself, we're in a fantasy league together along with several of our other friends and um, some colleagues that we've worked with and stuff like that. It's a pretty intense 10 man league. Zach is a, a two-time champion. Ryan's a one-time champion. And I'm simply the commissioner who paid for the belt and, uh, takes care of everything and gets no reward at the end. Uh, that's kind of been my role, but this year could be different. I do have a first round buy, but in round one of the playoffs, Zach and Ryan, uh, did battle. It was an epic battle. 
Zach is currently heading into tonight. He was what a two point lead. Uh, I think it was. Four. I think it was just under four. four. Okay, it was under four. Yep. So Zach pitched this to me. Ryan's out of guys. He's done. Yeah, I'm done. You're all done. So basically, uh, all st- all precincts all precincts reported. Uh, no recount needed. You're out. So Zach calls me and goes, "What if I just benched uh, Christian Watson? Didn't even play him. Is that philosophically the wrong thing to do?" And I'm and my brain didn't even process this. I must say, Zach, it's pretty brilliant on your part because I'm I have never thought about this. Um, why I'm like, why you've already got the lead? All it's going to do is add. I guess I don't see the reason why you'd bench him. Well, what if he fumbled twice or took a couple of negatives, and all of a sudden I'm trailing Ryan by a point? Or right, it's, it's a cold night, you know, you know, and he yep. and he doesn't do anything but catch touchdowns. Right. And he doesn't. I don't think he's got a catch yet tonight. <clears throat> right. Um, and it's and it's not a PPR, so he wouldn't get a point for catching it and then lose it for fumbling it. So I was just throwing it out there, and in the end, I did. I played him. Yeah. Um, in. Not that I think that uh, Ryan would have been uh, upset with it, but I could see other people being upset with it in our league. Um, I think that there's there's a lot of people who um, <clears throat> who think that they're better at this than they are, and and they make bad decisions. And if it comes down to a guy having to sit somebody else to maintain a lead just to protect a lead, play better guys. Right. I'm not sitting here acting like I got screwed because Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen did nothing yesterday. Right. I played the matchups and I lost. That's fantasy football. If you decided to sit Christian Watson tonight to protect that lead, a slim lead. Right. Certainly not out of the realm of possibility that they try to run a screen. He fumbles it behind the line of scrimmage and suddenly we're you're down a point and and the matchup's done. Look, you do what you got to do to win in this game. Right. If that means you got to sit a guy, you sit a guy. I. I sat Devontae Smith and I sat Trevor Lawrence this week because the matchup wasn't right. That's the same thing. I did what I had to do because I thought it would I thought it would win me the game. If you had to sit Christian Watson, it's no different. You control your roster. Well, and I think it it right, the odds of it happening are very slim. Yeah. And it's maybe a little more likely if it was like say you had a defense, because defenses in our league can go negative more easily than a player. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. If that um, became a shootout or something, I, right. I would totally understand that. Um so I so I do think it was an interesting discussion of it. And in our regular season you would never do it because we award the final wildcard spot to the team with the most points who didn't get in on record. Right? We've got five Correct. teams who get yep. on record and then most points. So you wouldn't risk it in a regular season game because the odds of it happening are super slim and you'd rather have the points that that guy's going to accumulate towards your season total. But yeah, this year, 13 last, points was the difference. 13 yeah. points separated tie from yeah. Jesse. Um, I do. I do think to be honest, I do think I have sat Monday night guys in the past, like in the first couple of years when I had just a dominant team and I wasn't going to worry. I, I knew I wasn't going to have to worry about points. I had sat guys to make sure of wins, but um I just didn't want it to be an issue. No, certainly not. And I, I like I said, I in the end, I would have, I would have defended it. I would have, t- I would have gone to bat if there were any issues because there's nothing in our rules or bylaws that says you can't. Um, so 
I and I just had never thought of that. It's it's that's uh, you, you want to talk about chess versus checkers. Maybe this is why you're the two time champion in this league, and I haven't uh, I haven't gotten well, there because I don't think about things like that. And, I just and don't. like if you're in a if you're in a dynasty league, right? There's usually rules that you have to field the full team. You can't just flat out tank. Yeah, some you know, teams, some leagues in the playoffs, that, yeah. right? It's different in the playoffs. So, um, anyway, it, w- it was an interesting conversation, and maybe you should put it on your Twitter tonight. Make a poll, and yeah, maybe we, yeah, we'll we'll try to get something out there. In. We'll have a have a dialogue about this, and certainly throw it out to. Um, I'm interested to hear what other people have to say who play fantasy, and I'll, it'll probably be a conversation with some of my students tomorrow in class who are diehards, you know, who love talking this stuff. So maybe I'd pitch it to them tomorrow, and we'll have a a further dialogue from there. I just thought it was a good, interesting convo. You're lucky because uh, I, I don't think I can get any football talk in my class. It was all world cup. Oh. <laughs> what a great we, game that was too. We had some world cup talk this morning. I know some kids were interested, but most kids though, guys wanted to talk uh, Minnesota Vikings football. Oh, I hate, So we could, let's talk world cup for two seconds. Yeah, let's Ryan do world. Said, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. Let's it, talk football. It was, it was a highly entertaining game. Um, I had it on in the background while I was doing some other stuff. Here, here's my question. If you hmm. go to overtime, why not just make it sudden death? Hmm. I, I mean, how, how much better would it have been if that game had ended <clears throat> three to two the way it ended? I, I You know what I mean? Versus, yeah. versus, I mean, yes, it was exciting that France tied it again, but just the shootout aspect of it is somewhat anticlimactic. And I, and I get it. This is not, I'm not a soccer guy. They're not, catering to me so if if other people are like no we absolutely love the full 30 minutes of overtime then great but the way and that and that third goal for argentina was highly skilled yeah right so to see it end like that like i would have felt like wow that is an amazing way to end yeah um so i don't know i again right it's not for me and by no means am i asking the world cup to cater to the most casual soccer person ever, but yeah, I, and me too. Same thing. And I, I guess, yeah, I don't love when things end in penalty kicks at the same time. Like when I was calling state championship games for the local cable company, when the high schools, you know, when the high school league used to let, you know, the local cable companies cover those things. Um, I remember covering championship games that ended in PKs, you know, all the time. And it was, we had it a couple times in a row. And I, I always thought the PK was entertaining to end, end a championship on. But I think as you get, further up in the skill level, I guess the less and less I want a PK to decide it. I would, I'm with you on the sudden death. I I think, you know, our, right. Our girls soccer team was in the state tournament a few times while we were in school. And I think they went to penalty kicks a few times, but I'm not saying you can't use penalty kicks. Yeah. But I'm saying like when you, when you go to overtime, right, they play two 15 minute overtime periods. Yep. Like, I feel like, Hey, if somebody scores, it should be over. Yeah, you had the ninety minutes. Yeah, uh, right, I I right. don't I don't know about the stoppage time. I mean, the extra I don't. And then think, if you, if you get if you get through the thirty minutes and it's nobody scores, then great, go to penalty kicks. Right. But no, I don't disagree. I I, I think that that would that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also think that there's <clears throat> it, it might be a, just a cultural thing where I feel like Americans demand more finality with their sports. Uh, mm-hmm. And with good reason, I think our sports are pretty good. I think we do well at the, on the whole competitive side of things here in the United States. Uh, but you look around the world, and they seem to be more content with draws and and you know being okay with that kind of thing. So, but it's the final. I get it's the final. You can't give it to both of them. 
So yeah, but I mean, how? I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not saying you can't use penalty kicks. Yep, that's right. You I'm just, just want saying, the sudden death, which I'm I kind of do. When too. it goes to overtime, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. It's it can be 30 minutes, or if somebody scores, like we're done. I think it's because I do think it's the world, like the Euros and stuff, really like the idea of like the process, the sweet science. Like, no, soccer's a chess game, and just because yeah. somebody got a goal, we got to give. We got to play the full time. Otherwise, it, you know, the strat, you know, it's, it's, it's cheap or something, or it's, you know, I don't, I don't know what the logic is behind it, but they feel, I feel watching the world cup that I agree with you. I think the world fans, the Euro fans, the world fans could watch a soccer game for nine hours. Well, it's, it's the beautiful game, right? Like they, yep. they, 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 they see it as, you know, everything is about how it unfolds and, and how the ball lands. And it's just like the, the art right, of the that's, kick. It's, that's enough. That's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Zach waves it off. We'll, we'll, like, touch on, it. we'll touch on soccer again in four years. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He's trying to go for Packers. a yellow card here to take. Hey, that's enough. That's enough. Packers are on, says Zach. <laughs> what are we doing talking hey, soccer? I, you know, Ryan, I will say this. My students, um, you know, obviously what a, it was a really wild week of uh, games. Yeah, uh, ga- a lot of games that ended on walk-off fashion, last play of the game. But all the kids wanted to talk about this morning in the classroom was the Vikings game Saturday, first game of the week, first game out. Uh, I don't have Ryan's Twitter hand. Actually, I do. I have Ryan's Twitter handy from um, from from Saturday. And if you right. don't mind, Ryan, if you'll indulge me for just a second, Go I'd ahead. like to uh, I'd like to to kind of share just sort of where your process was during the course uh, of this game. Before before you do that, uh, if you want to read along, you can go ahead and hit click the follow button at Sweet Cane Music on Twitter for however much longer I decide to endure that hell site. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, when are you leaving this? Uh, I'm when not. Are you, when are I'm you not. In, when are I'm you going in, down with the? Sh- I'm going down with the ship. Yeah, I well. Uh, I okay. Good luck with that. Uh, there you go. Uh, I'm all right. I'm digging it back. Um, by the way, if you're looking for unstable referee talk on on Twitter as well, Ryan would also be a great follow uh, for that because Ryan has a lot of opinions and he does tweet maybe every 25 uh, 25 seconds. Um, all right, here we go. Let's start from here. I'll just pick it up from this spot. Uh, Get that man off my team, please. <laughs> this defense is simply awful. This is straight up terrible. I know it's bad to change coaches after one year, but I don't know how Ed Donatel comes back next season. What the fuck are we even doing? Uh, I am done with this team. <laughs> That one might be my favorite. (laughs) Uh, This is about as bad as it gets. This is after a tweet. He retweets it. Block punt, Colts TD, fumble, stopped on fourth and one. Ryan, this is about as bad as it gets. That's not wrong. It's true. It's about as bad as it gets. This is where Ryan just full-blown fandom here. Feed that ref to the fans. That's after the Chandon Sullivan thing. Can can we after this? Can we read the text chain between us? Oh, I'd be happy to get into that too. Uh, Vikings just got fucked on that. 
KJ Osborne is not good. I want to recap that KJ Osborne had said 173 yards receiving in this game. KJ Osborne is not good, according to Ryan on this one. Uh, let's see. I want to reiterate that this is why my brother-in-law is no longer allowed to go to games. He is in attendance. He went to this one and Dallas. Sorry, you got to stay home, bro. Did he leave like, for the end? Yes. Oh, so maybe there is something Ooh. to that. Ooh, yes. Then we come all the way back. Ca- all caps. Never a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what this is following a vikings game with ryan week after week after week after week after week oh that was pretty much summed it up that pretty much summed it up we're down 33 nothing at the half we stage a furious comeback and I feed Zach a line that I'm like, I don't know if you want to use this line, Zach, but uh, maybe the Harrison Smith joke would be a good one to run right now. He comes back. <laughs> and this is just so good. Oh, my Lord. Let's. I, I got to give you a couple of these. Hang on. I got to give this to you. Um, so while, while Tim finds that real quick. Go ahead. Uh, the, the KJ Osborne tweet uh, triggered a, a, a response in my friend's who uh, after the game told me that I need to tweet about one of their players uh, and say that he's terrible so that he has a good game. Uh, So what I did was I went to Twitter and I said, Derek Carr sucks. Uh, And I tagged my buddy Nui and he goes for 231, three touchdowns and an interception. Uh, So maybe there's something to this that uh, Ryan's the reverse jinx. I don't know. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, so, so Tim Tim texted me about Harrison Smith. Because we're down like we're down like 28 rip at this point or something. 24, it's, we're down big early. We're down big early on, the Vikings are. And I just say, like, I thought Harrison Smith was the difference maker. What happened here? I go, I probably shouldn't open with that with Ryan or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, here comes Zach two and, seconds yep. later. So I didn't he, – he said, I don't dare make a Harrison Smith comment, do I? And <laughs> – and I didn't even reply to Tim. I just no, instantly not. went to the group chat and fired it out because if someone's going to poke your buttons, it needs to be mean so Tim can keep the peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just put a post out that just was like I had a big panic button blanking in the text, and I'm like, stop the fight. The fight's over. Stop it. Where's you know? And Zach, I'm not watching, but I can only assume Harrison Smith is out of the game again. <laughs> to which Ryan responds – get fucked and then we don't hear from ryan and then oh we get two minutes later sorry that was out of line <laughs> I, 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 I was, was at, so mad i literally was not watching i was at softball i was so uh, upset but we were you know i we were checking phones and getting updates and um the parents are just like what the hell is going on <laughs> I was so mad. Yeah, Ryan's a rage. I, I'm telling you, you shouldn't be allowed. Uh, take Donatel out back and shoot him. <laughs> Execution style. <laughs> to which I'm this like, was not meant to be read out loud. <laughs> we got to know that you publicly wanted to have the defensive coordinator of the Vikings killed. Anyway, but then again, you got to read, read the second part of it then, too. Oh, that's true. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, put it on the uh, put it on the big board and see what the decibel meter does. <laughs> oh, oh my good was that Vikings fans would have appreciated it at that point. So the Vikings staged this amazing comeback, Ryan and Zach. Uh, Zach, you, I know you didn't watch the game because you were doing other things. This game, I was grading papers. I just had it on in the background. I never turned it off. We're down 33 nothing, and my wife comes out and just gives it the old, that ain't good, and then walks back into the room. She comes back out, and they're just starting to chip away. Ryan, did you feel the way, like, Nate Burleson almost called it. He was kind of like, you know, if they could just get a score here, get a score here, it's kind of interesting, and it, it got interesting. When did you start to feel the momentum shift? Uh, for me, it was the um... – the CJ Ham touchdown at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. So they, they scored that second touchdown, and I thought, you know, that's kind of what they needed to do in the third quarter if they wanted to have a shot at this thing. Because the, the Vikings are a team that can score in bunches. They have been all year. That when when they get on a roll, they can score some points. And you know, if you're if you're a team that wants to come back from a three score deficit in the fourth quarter, I mean, Minnesota's the best team at that in the league. But I mean, four scores would have probably been too much for 15 minutes. So you kind of had to have one at the end of the third if you wanted a shot at it. So I, I, I kind of in the back of my head, I thought, you know, there's a there's at least a decent shot that they're going to be able to score some points and make this a game if they can stop Indianapolis. And Indy hadn't done anything all, all, all through the third quarter. And, you know, traditionally, the third quarter has been Minnesota's worst. So I thought, hey, you know, it, it was an awful first half. Can't get much worse. They're doing OK in the third. If, if the fourth is any indication as far as what they've done all year, I think they have a chance. But. I didn't think they'd come back. I didn't think it was going to happen, the, especially after Kirk threw the pick. I was that, that pick at, in the fourth quarter. I thought, no, nah, this is done. We lost. So I had a moment of, I, I don't know, trepidation, maybe. I, when I was looking at the box score and they, India had kicked their fifth field goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, someone come up and I was like, oh, indie field goal. And I'm like, I, at this point, I'm like, I don't know if my phone is sending me the same update multiple times. So like, I actually went in, logged into the box score and I'm like, nope, they've actually kicked, you know, one, two, three, four, oh, five field goals. And I was like, God, that's a lot of field goals. Like at some point you got to take advantage of those situations and put it in the end zone. Um, You know, it, it reminded me not to the same extent, but like, that NFC championship game that the Packers lost to the Seahawks. It was like, they were down there and kicked field goal, kicked field goal, kicked field goal. It's like, at some point you got to score a touchdown, you know, you're dominating this game, but you're only getting three points every time. And you don't think it's going to come back to bite you, but like, I've seen it come back to bite a team before. And, and it did. Go ahead. I was just going to say that. I think the the thing that, that got me with, with all the field goals and stuff was it, it just didn't feel like Indianapolis was dominating the game. They had a couple of really big splash plays and the first half looked awful, but it was more the Vikings were bad than the Colts looked good. And uh, their offense, if they, I mean, once they got it out outside of their half of the field and the Vikings actually got to play some defense, Indy didn't really move the ball very much. So we got through that second half and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, I'm watching on my phone because my dad and my dad took my brothers and I ax throwing for Christmas uh on on saturday so we, i was out with my brothers and my dad it's and, so eclectic it's such a and, but not all your brothers because one went to the game yeah okay. no my brother and that was my brother-in-law oh, my brother-in-law my, uh, okay. okay yeah my uh, my my wife's sister's husband was at the game okay yeah uh 
And uh, no, my, my brothers and I were, were at the game. We're with the axe throwing with my dad. And uh, I'm just watching the game on my phone. And it's like, man, they're, they're, Indy's not moving the ball. They're, they're, they're getting stopped. If we could just get a turnover, this thing, you know, we could probably come back in this thing and we could just get a turnover. And then the second Chandon Sullivan thing happened where they blew the play dead again, but he got the ball at least. And I thought, okay, now we're in business. Now I think we got a shot at this thing if we can just put it in the end zone here. And that's exactly what they did. So it just every time you looked at it, you're like, is there enough time? And then they score real quick. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess there's enough time. That's- it, was, it was one of those things where I sat there and I was like, well, Matt Ryan is the quarterback. And if anybody <laughs> knows how to give big leads away, God, Matt Ryan knows how to do it. You know, and, eh, you never know. There, there was a point to... It it was first half, and and I know this is super early to be thinking this way, but it was like second and ten, and they just threw the the Colts just threw one away out of bounds, and I was like, yeah. God, like just fucking run the ball, right? Like it's mm-hmm. you're up by thirty, it's second and ten, like run the ball, take another forty seconds. I know you're not thinking about chewing clock at that point, but at that, I'm also like, why are you throwing? Yeah. You know, like bad, right? Bad things happen when you throw the ball, the clock stops. You just keep giving the team a chance to hang around. Like, So I just want to mention one thing real quick. Obviously, the, the, the most famous collapse for the Falcons when Matt Ryan was the quarterback was the Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots 28-3, right? But yep. here's some other situations where Matt Ryan was the quarterback and they also lost. With five minutes and 59 seconds to go in the fourth quarter, uh, the four and two Falcons were up 30 to 20 on the two and four San Diego Chargers. They lost that game. Uh, in the third quarter with 1250 left, they were up 17 nothing on the on the Miami Dolphins. Lost that game. They were up 39 24 with 457 to go against the Cowboys. Lost that game. They were up 26 to 10 against the Bears with 622 left in the fourth. They lost that game, and uh, they were up twenty-four to seven on the Bucks with four thirty-five left in the in the third, and they lost that game. And then, of course, this one. So maybe it wasn't just the Falcons. Maybe it was Matt Ryan. Uh, that the team, whatever team he's on, just can't seem to hold a lead. If he ever goes to the Raiders, just watch out. He's not good. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, I've been this saying that for right. I've been thumping that for years. You have been, in fairness. You have been all over that. And uh, now, don't get me wrong. I think Matt Ryan was better than Sam Ellinger. And I don't know if the results are any different with Ellinger at quarterback on Saturday versus versus Matt Ryan, but bad loss. Just a really bad one. Uh, how about this one? Um, there were a lot of games that came down to the wire yesterday, guys. Uh, the, one, the other one that sticks out was Pat's Raiders. Uh, God almighty. Um very frustrating way to end this game. You know, and I've been Mr. Let's be patient on the Matt Patricia. Like, I, you know, Belichick we trust. I'm going to just let him make these calls. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. That is one offensively poorly coached football team. Uh, and that is a, a quarterback that now literally Mac Jones for the last three weeks, all he has done is yell in huddles and yell on the sidelines. You could tell the quarter. And he wasn't good yesterday either. Like, he was really bad. 13 to 31. Not a good day, but that was a game that they still had in their pocket with a minute to go. They should have won it, and they didn't do it. And they give it away in just the worst fashion okay. ever. So I, I walk out of softball Sunday evening, Yep. and you guys are texting about that. Yep. And 
I'm like, all right, oh, there's a flag down though. I'm like, what? What did I miss? And you guys are like, oh, you know, they they lateraled it to the wrong guy, and he scored a touchdown. And I'm like, okay, he, I'm I'm expecting him like he flipped it to someone, and like my question is, first of all, who the fuck was he throwing it to? No idea. There's no idea like, what he's he just doing. Turns right there. And chucks it to midfield, and there's nobody back there but the quarterback. Yep. Yep. Okay, but then. So so that's one. But then two, I, I go home and I, I I turn the play on, right? Yep. And it's draw. And, and I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm like, that's not the guy you told me that fumbled it. And then he flips it to the wide receiver. And I'm yeah. like, oh. So then I'm expecting the same thing. Like, I'm expecting just a little flip back. And he just turns and chucks it across the field. And I lost it at the dinner table. I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most like and it's the most un-Belichick Patriots play I've ever seen. Like, where's Belichick to step in and say, like, hey, you know, it's a tie game at 24. Like, all we gotta do is take it to overtime. We d- we're not losing. Here. Well, so like you don't need to do these crazy things. So this so this happen. is this is an interesting conversation because I you know, like at t- people always get upset with coaches when they just take a knee. Yep. Yeah. Right. And they're like, well, you could at least run, you know, run the ball and maybe you pop one and something good happened. Like, well, this is part of that discussion, right? Like bad things can happen and did happen that wouldn't have happened if they had just taken a knee. Yeah. So the next time you're asking yourself like, well, why did they just take a knee? Like, this is why. And, and other things could happen too, right? Like he could have run that ball and just been hit and fumbled and it could have been picked up and run back. Sure. Right? But that that is a super like the fact that they even handed the ball off was very high risk low reward. Yeah, I mean wh- who was the try was it the Dolphins that did that that uh, against the Jets one time where they or was it the Jets against the, I don't remember. Uh in the it was a, an old old game where they hand the ball off running it off tackle left just to run clock instead of taking a knee. Yep. And the guy fumbles it, and he runs it back for a touchdown into the game. Yeah, right. And, like it's uh, who who was it that returned it? It was like Herm Edwards. I yes, think, right? yes, that's, yeah. That's, that's Giants Eagles. Yeah, yes. Pisarchik, the classic yeah. uh, Dan yeah. Pisarchik fumble. Herm Edwards runs it all the way back. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was a team in green. I couldn't remember who. Yeah, so that one. the The other one that stuck out to me too, you know, we're talking about late games or decided on the last play is the Jags beating the Cowboys. And uh, I will. Here's an impromptu apology segment. Oh. <laughs> uh, because last week you said, "Well, you wouldn't be surprised if the Jags beat the Cowboys," and I said, "Yes, yes, I would be surprised." And they beat them. They did it. And and now the Jags are only a game back in the division. Yeah, they're in it all of a sudden. And, and we've eliminated them. And they're they're two back of a wild card. Even you know, yeah. Not that I think they're going to end up in wild card land, but. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the, the way they won that game and they scored late and then they end up with the turnover for a touchdown. And I mean, all the power to him. And I, and I said it from the start, like, I, I love the hire of the coach there. I think he's going to, you know, he's got the quarterback and he's got weapons and they're going to be good in the next couple of years. Um, especially because I, I don't know what Tennessee is doing anymore. It, it's kind of baffling to me. 
Yeah, they fired the GM a week ago. Clearly a big power struggle with him and Vrabel. They they side with the head coach, which I think is probably a good move. But now you look again. Like, yesterday was a good example of this, right? Like, Tannehill gets hurt, and he's out, and Willis is in. And it's like, at this point, let Willis play. Like, to me, I guess that was where I was thinking. I'm like, do you really want to put a hobbled Tannehill who's not great on two good legs and you want to put him out there with one good leg, and you think that's better than Malik Willis? Like, I don't know if that's true or not. I guess I want to see something dynamic in the offense, and at least Willis gives you something. He can run it. He can do some different things out of the pocket. And I'm like, that at least makes you more interesting than what you are right now when you have no Burks and you have no outside threats at wide receiver, and the only guy you got to really worry about is Derrick Henry. But instead, they put Tannehill back in, and I just thought they became super predictable at that point, and not. And I felt like the game was over. It also begs the question of, you know, if you knew you needed weapons and you knew you needed explosiveness outside of Derrick Henry, why the hell did you trade AJ Brown? Well, you probably weren't going to resign him. We talked about that, and I liked Burks. I like Burks. He's just hurt. I mean, I like that. I just don't think. And I clearly, though, the head coach didn't want to do that, though, is what I'm getting. Yeah. They, they were I all stuck, right? Because A.J. Brown didn't want to be there. He didn't want to yeah. play in that offense anymore. It's it's kind of like Hollywood Brown, right? He didn't want to play in the Ravens offense anymore. Um, so well, I how's understand. that going for him? <laughs> well. No, I was yeah, I'm no, making I, a joke no, at the Cardinals' expense, but trust I see me. what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, I we've talked about. Right, I didn't like paying Kyler Murray. Tim's thinks the coach is done now with the GM. Well, yeah, I was going to say now you have the GM that's stepping back, and and uh, I saw one news article that called the the Kyler Murray signing a black eye on the organization. I just uh, it was just, uh, it was it uh, the way the way the way it was done the you know the contract saying he's got to study film for X amount of hours. Like all, all of that was done poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you think you should have been signed for that money or not. And I don't think you should have been, but um, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's a mess too. Um, And I mean, let's, let's be honest here. So Cliff Kingsbury looked okay briefly, but did people really think that was going to work out? I mean, no, he I just got fired from his college job. Yeah. You know, very rarely do you fall upwards, you know, like that. I mean, it's pretty impressive how he was able to do that. But clearly that didn't work. So now you got to think the owner, now that the GM's out, the, ho- the house cleaning begins and you go out, you find yourself a real coach. Because you say to yourself, look, we're committed to Kyler. We can't get rid of him. So we need to go get a coach that's going to utilize his skills and make this work. So they're going to go out and find a proven NFL offensive coach. I, I will say this too. I mean, you know, we've we've kicked around that idea of ranking all the the major sports teams. The yeah. Arizona Cardinals need to be towards the bottom of your list. I, I well, yeah. I mean, they did go to one Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, and they had a little run there for a while. But yeah, I think as far that as the NFL like goes, thirty were, years ago. Well, it was quite that, but uh, you know, but it was like a, but it is a while ago. And I do 2010. think 2010. Yeah. I think they are a bottom third organization. I think they have been for the entirety of my lifetime. They've had like five really good years in the time that I've been watching football and they're not, they're just not a very good, it's not a very good outfit. I don't know if you call it, even really good years. They've had like 
a good year. Yeah. I, I think honestly, I think that the, the commodity this year, if you're a team that's looking for an offensive coach, and I, I think that the Cardinals are going to have some competition in that because I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, how LA is going to finish, but I got to think that, you know, that both the Chargers and the Rams might be looking for new head coaches at the end of the year, depending on how they finish out here. Uh, and it, you know, the Rams might not be a depending. He may just be done. Uh, you think the that's Rams, not a good, that is not a likable job. That's not a good job. Nobody wants that job. Do they? Yeah, no, I don't think so. But you know, it's LA and, and they're going to do their thing, but uh, no, there, there's going to be some competition there. And I don't know if, you know, do you look at Arizona's roster and their situation at the top with the GM and think like this is a position that's desirable right now? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: the best thing the Rams could do is trade Sean McVay. Oh, trade him! For, they, they've got zero, they've got zero picks coming up. Do right? the John like, Gruden Tampa Bay thing. You could you could trade him to someone and probably get a pretty good pick for him. Probably get a first round pick. Could you I imagine you trading him to Denver? But I mean, if your option, if your option is he's going to retire, yeah, or step away or whatever, like you might as well let him go somewhere. Who would who would pay the that bounty? Who would do that? Well, if you're a team like Arizona and how you believe that you have Kyler Murray, how about the Chargers? Yeah, he doesn't have to move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or even just you know what? I still don't think like it's out of the question that you know. Pete Carroll says he's done in the next few years. I don't think it's out of the question that Belichick stepped down this year at the end of the year for, for new England. I'm not saying, not saying he would go to those places, but I'm saying, is that out of the question? No, I don't think it is. I mean, there's lots of, there's going to be a few openings here. Count on that. Carolina's an opening unless they like Steve Wilkes, but I don't know if yesterday did anything to help them on that. If you Uh, think you've got a good team, right? Like, I mean, if you, I mean, Denver probably thinks they have a better team than their record. Right. They just got to dump the coach. I think right. a lot of people, that's the narrative, right? Get rid of Nathaniel Hackett, circle the, the wagons. The front Falcons are probably going to be looking for a coach. <clears throat> it's yeah. possible that the Saints are looking, you know. I, the Texans for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, so not that, not that, I mean, if I'm the Texans, I'm not giving up a number one. No, I'm right, not. To get him. Nope. Nope. Right. And Considering I'm, how hard you had to work to get those picks back yeah. that O'Brien traded away. You know, you had to work hard to get those picks right. back. And Denver doesn't have those picks. Here, here uh, I'll throw an interesting one out for you. And, and I don't know what their pick situation is after their trade, but what about Cleveland? Hmm. The Stefanski thing is interesting, right? Because, yeah, d- they did win on Saturday against Baltimore, which was a big win. Big win for Stefanski. He had to get it. Uh, but do you, are you still really impressed with things over there yet? I, I don't think I don't think you are. Well, I'll, I will I will say this because I there's a few Browns fans that I follow um, on Twitter, so I, I get a lot of Browns content <laughs> on my Twitter. Um, there's a lot of people who are not into are are ready to move on from him, but there's also people who are like he has a better record right now, better winning percentage than Shanahan does. Um, yeah, and they're like, you know, like let's not forget who we've been over the past few years. It's true. Here's um, an interesting one for you. I don't mean to cut you off. I just yeah. thought of this. What about Washington? Ron Rivera might be done at the end of the year. They've got a talented roster, really good defense. I I think I think Ron Rivera will be back as long as the team isn't sold 
relatively quickly. If the team is sold relatively quickly, then I definitely could see another a team, the new owner coming in and trying to make a splash and something like that. But if 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 this ownership stuff drags out, I think Ron Rivera is going to be back. And I think I read too that Sean Payton is still technically under contract to the Saints. So like if he wants to get a new job, there has to be some compensation to the New Orleans Saints. Now, whether that's a first round, that's not going to be a first round pick or anything no. like that. But but there does have to, I mean, that has to be a consideration if you're a team that's going after Sean Payton is like, you got to have assets to give him or to give up a little bit, whether that's a fourth round pick or a third round pick or something, but it ain't going to be, you know, a seventh round pick. Right. Those are starting Gardner Minshew against the Cowboys in line to start. It looks like that's what they're saying. Yeah. It's breaking news here on the pod. Well, that's why I mentioned earlier that, you know, not to go back to our fantasy league, but Jesse only has one quarterback and it's, it's Jalen Hurts. It's Jalen Hurts. So he's got to pick someone up. So if um, it's it's very possible that you could see the Brooklyn Brawler, or uh, sorry, Rhythm and Blues pick up several quarterbacks this week. I think it's <laughs> I think it's possible you see the the Stone Cold Stunners pick up some. Uh, I do have uh, three. I do have three quarterbacks already on my roster. Now, some would argue if you have three, do you have one? And I don't know if that's true or not. Because, <laughs> but I do I have too. already three. So. Uh, I've had three all year because I had, I had stashed Deshaun Watson on draft day and he's still there and he's played for me the last three weeks, but he hasn't played great yet. I'm so hoping that there's a breakout game coming in, in my other league. I have all, I have had him on my bench all year and the other quarterback that I've had is Aaron Rodgers the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> and Ooh. I played Aaron Rodgers every game through it all and finally started Watson on my bye week for Rodgers you know, last week. Um, but I'm back to Rogers again this week. Not bad. It's not bad. Well, See, I had my other two choices are, are uh, Danny Dimes and uh, Mike White. So, uh, and Mike White couldn't get 10 doctors to approve him. And uh, I was a little scared of Danny Dimes in Washington. Are but, we good to make fun of Sean for keeping Dak Prescott yet? We were good uh, on you- draft day for making fun of him for keeping Because <laughs> I don't think that paid <laughs> off. I don't know. Does he listen to the podcast here? Cause I, you know, I don't know if he listens to the pod or not. Obviously, he's welcome to. Yeah, we'll tag him in. We'll make sure he, is, he hears is, the pod. Is that your week. first airing of grievances? Uh, yeah, is that? An, hang on. Uh, let's move to our next segment. It is time. Second annual Festivus NFL airing of grievances. This is where we've been having a whole bunch of stuff build up over the course of the year. And it's now time to talk about it. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. All right. Are we posting this video? Uh, we are not, but I but I can. I, I, I decided no video tonight. But uh, I bought this book specifically for my grievances. Uh, <laughs> It's a my, giant book. <laughs> I have my I have my pen. Yep, your feather uh, quill. Yep, and uh, a nice little a nice little tank of of ink here. Um, we're going to start this airing of grievances. I just want to be really clear. We're going to start this airing of grievances with people who talk shit, despite the fact that I don't talk shit to them. Uh, now 
Y'all are right, kind of the exception. Hang on. Is this dedicated at Zach and I here to start? No, are you airing no, it, it right? Not. At, it, okay. is not, it is not to you. Because here's All the right. Thing. Very good. Okay. On this on this podcast, it's kind of fair game, right? Because we good all get natured, a chance. It's good we natured all, ribbing here. We all just get a chance to talk, right? We're all we're all equals around here. We're all coaches. We all do this sort of thing. It's all okay. But when I get on my friends group chat and everyone's talking shit about my Vikings, when I know damn well that there are Lions fans and Raiders fans in that freaking group text. Don't get all chesty with me because you beat us once, Detroit. Don't get chesty with me, Vegas fans, when you've blown six leads this year. Don't get chesty with my team's 11 and three. Don't get chesty with me when my team's not doing well. I don't talk shit to you when your team shits the bed three quarters of the year. Don't come at me. I'm nice to you. I leave you alone. But when the Buckeyes and the Vikings lose, I just ask, I ask the same. That's all I say. That's all I ask. So I will okay. say this, and I and I know you said it was not directed at us. I talk the most shit of anyone. <laughs> and that's again. But but I hundred but I hundred percent expect it back in a year like this when Green Bay is losing. Right? Like I, I yes. have a, a a chain with my my cousins and and my dad and my uncle and and they all are laying it on thick this year. I, oh, I am I'm just sure I'm, they are. I'm the kind of person who doesn't trust good things happening to me or bad things happening to teams I don't like. <laughs> so until it is sustained, I'm not going to make fun of it. Like I'll make fun of Detroit all day long because I know they're bad. Right, they have a history of being bad. I'm going to talk about the history of the Detroit Lions, but the second I talk shit about Green Bay, they're going to rip off 40 points, and they're going to they're going to prove me wrong because they do it every time. So I don't talk shit. I don't talk shit. And you went to right? Lambo, and it was a religious experience. It's true. You know, I, 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 I get I get it. My my previous girlfriend was a Lions fan, and um, it was it was like she was previous. It, it was it was low hanging fruit. <laughs> Right, like, like you could you could rip on the lions anytime you wanted to. So it's fair. Uh, All right, my, I got a quick airing of grievance. I yep. want to get to this one real fast. You know me, I am Mister. I hold the line for the NFL officials every week. Ryan's over there wanting all the refs fired. Uh, you know, I got people on my text chains, different text chains that go, it's rigged. They hate the Vikings. There's a clear bias. Uh, There's got to be some Vegas money here. Money's changing hands, and I think it's absolute nonsense. It's ludicrous. to the fans. I will never stand here. And, And, Zach, I think you'll admit that I've been a pretty staunch supporter of saying you do not blame referees if you lose football games. You do not. And I'm going to continue to caveat all of that by saying that. You do not blame officials for losing games. I also will say as an airing of grievance to the NFL, you're not helping me. Like you're not doing the refs any favors. Like you're putting them in horrendous positions, positions where they will fail. Uh, And there's a couple things that I'll point to on this. So this was not a great weekend for the NFLs and the NFL officials. They had a tough, they had a a tough couple of games. You know, they had a tough finish in Washington last night with the illegal formation thing that McLaurin says, no, the ref said I was on the line and I was lined up properly, and then he threw a flag. I don't know if that's true or not. I can't speak to that. Does it look like uh, Samuels interfered with in the last play of the game? Maybe so. But again, 
are you asking like you can't have it both ways you can't stay we got to let them play got to let them play got to let them play and then get angry when they let them play like you can't do that then you also can't say oh they got to stop protecting the quarterbacks like this that's soft it's soft it's soft when every year it's coaches and owners who go to the competition committee and they add 25 new rules that the referees have to enforce that are are geared towards protecting the quarterback protecting the wide receivers or whatever you can't have it both ways there the game right now is over legislated therefore it is over officiated and you gotta help these officials out uh, they're not doing it because they again continue to not be full-time referees they have to be paid as 365 a day a year employees they have to be the fact that they're not is still a problem they're also continuing to be the cheapest league i've ever seen as far as cameras go why is it every game has different cameras? Like the like the Keelan Cole touchdown call yesterday with the Patriots and the Raiders, they called it a touchdown on the field, and I understand why they kept it that way. I really do. But it looks to me like his foot might be out of bounds, but you know what would confirm that? Another camera angle. Like why is it the Sunday night and the Monday night games get all the great camera angles, but then if you get the fifth or sixth best game on CBS or Fox, you get you get like half the cameras. Pay for the cameras. Give the referees equal looks at every game, every time, every shot. And maybe, just maybe, we would, uh, we'd be all right with some of this stuff. Uh, they just, the NFL kills the referees. They put them in horrible spots week in and week out. I, I agree with you on the camera aspect. Um, my, my, I'm going to go back to the McLaurin thing. Yeah. Just for one second. Sure. Because um, I think there's two pieces to this. One... You can't be an official that's like, oh, let them play, let them play, right? Because if you're if you're a let them play on fourth down, him not lining up completely on the line on third down probably is a let them play call too. That's right. That said, I have seen thousands of times from all sorts of levels where the wide receiver lines up and he points at the ref because that's what he's been trained to do, right? Like, ask him. Right. But he just points and doesn't wait for a response and turns and goes. Like, they point and don't even get the feedback. And I'm not, like, I don't know that that's what happened here, but it looked like that, right? He looks, he leans forward a little bit, and they, I mean, he's clearly off the line. Yeah, he is clearly off the line. Clearly off the line. Right. It's not. I don't think it's a bad call. The the debate is whether you want that called in that situation, and you know, or it has zero effect on the play. And and the other debate is like, did the referee say to Terry McLaurin, as McLaurin is suggesting, that no, he said I was good. He gave me a thumbs up. I, I, I was can't good, imagine which ref, I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine the ref would say he's good and then throw a flag. Neither can I, because he's reaching for his flag before the play is even snapped because he's noticing that he's not even on the line. Like, he's right. not there. And, and, and McLaurin said he told him, move up, and he moved up, and then, but he didn't move up enough. So, I, I don't know. I That's, uh, right, another sidebar of that game. Um, and and Washington, I think, is a mess. I, I got into it with a few Washington fans today online. Um because some of them want to go back to Wentz. And I'm like, Wentz is fucking Ugh. terrible. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, don't get me. And, you know, they're like, oh, you're just a Heineke fan. And those guys are terrible. And you're bandwagon. I'm like, well, I'm not a fan of Washington. 
Yeah, and I'm like, screw the and, Cobra and Commander. To be fair, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, they both suck. Fine, but once is once isn't the answer. All right, my my first airing of grievances. Um, I'm going to start with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, either either fucking figure it out or just be done and start over. Hmm. Because like I'm sick of this, you know. Oh, we're ten and six every year, you know, ten and seven, eleven and six, and like we think they're really good, and then all oh, the quarterbacks hurt, or this guy's hurt, or we've got this issue. We have no wide receivers. They're hurt more than any team in the league. I've and, never seen a team do the injuries these days. And I've heard a lot of let's fire Greg Roman, right? That was the thing today. They showed up and somebody had plastered flyers all over the front of the <laughs> practice facility to fire him or whatnot. And um I just I'm I'm burnt out on the Baltimore Ravens. Like either be good or be bad. Like just I I don't know. I just, I can't fucking do it anymore with you guys. Like I'm, I'm, un, I'm, I can't tell you how uninterested I am in watching a Ravens game, and and that certainly without from, Lamar. That certainly without well, Lamar. certainly without Lamar. But and that comes from a guy who loves teams who run the ball. But yeah, this like crap. I'm just, I'm just over it. I'm like Ravens figured out. I'm with you on that, hundred percent. Because I like Baltimore and I like John Harbaugh and I want a Smash Mouth team to play well. But what they're doing is not even—it's not good at all. Like they were never in that game with with Cleveland and Cleveland, like they just couldn't move on the Cleveland Browns last week at all. Nothing Which they is did. Inexcusable. Work. Ryan, do you have another airing of grievances? Oh, if you only knew. Uh, <laughs> my my next grievance is. Uh, I am so tired of Minnesota Vikings fans. Let me tell you why. It's because uh, they say crazy things on their Twitter. Uh, no, you know. no, it's not that. <laughs> okay. The, the negativity and constant belief that we are a championship franchise needs to stop. It needs to stop. Can we enjoy one fucking thing, please? Can we have one thing where we can just sit and enjoy a comeback win? Now, look, again, I've said it on this podcast. The expectations change when you start to win, and I understand that. But you got a new head coach and a new GM this year. We were kind of expecting this to be a 500 club. And we have had... Heart attack after heart attack with this team. Finding a way to win. Maybe play the two games of the year. Can we can we just enjoy that, please? Well, I, do I do I need to hear about how how we need to we need to get rid of Kirk Cousins and how his contract is a drag and how he didn't play well on Sunday like Saturday? Like, look, I get it. I understand. But man, leave me alone. Let me enjoy this. Don't I don't need to sit here and, and listen to you tell me about how this team is is fraudulent. I know they're fraudulent. I know they're, I know. I don't need to hear it again. We just had the biggest comeback in NFL history. It was against the ratty-ass Colts, but I don't care. We had the biggest comeback. That's an NFL team we just beat. Amen. I, I, I do think it come, like, it would be a completely different perspective if you had a championship 
at any point in the last, you know, whatever, 30 years, 60 years. Well, yes. well, 60 years. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah, I do. If, 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 if the majority of these fans had won a championship at some point, like it's different, right? Like, you know, like I've told you, like I highly enjoy watching football and the Packers every year because it's entertainment. Right. And it's very rare that they're playing games that are inconsequential. Yep. Right. And you can enjoy it for what it is. But if you're, you know, like just waiting for that championship, it's tough. It's right. Tough. And look, it's, I understand that, that we are in the mother of all droughts. All right. We are, we're in the desert praying for rain if you're praying for championships in Minnesota. Yes. And, I think that's part and, of it too, right? Because it's everyone. Yeah. It's every sport. And, and the yeah, other thing, the other thing is you talk about not watching in, in consequential games as a Green Bay fan. Absolutely right. Is this, we're the same way in Minnesota. We are rarely watching inconsequential football in Minnesota. We are watching good football teams most years. We're the number, we're a top five winning percentage organization in, in the league. Now that's not championships, but that means you're playing meaningful, meaningful football at this time of year, most years. So there's this sense of entitlement that comes with, oh, you won some games. You, you must be ready to win a championship. But for some reason, we, we, the, the Minnesota fans, whether it's hockey, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whether it's, I'm not going to say basketball because we don't believe anything in basketball in this town, but it's, it, whether it's one of the three major sports that I just listed, the Twins, Wild, or Vikings, there seems to be this sense of entitlement that we deserve a championship. Cool. And speaking of bad, I've got gopher basketball tickets over winter break. That's going to be terrible. Just you, uh, you, you, you almost have to do the bit where you break into somebody's car and leave them on the dash. Just be, you know, just smash a window and leave them right well, there for go, somebody. Going to the barn is fun. Yeah, yeah. The barn is a great place they, to watch a game, but they're a bad team now. Yeah, yeah, they're really um, bad. Really bad. I, I, you know, I, I agree, Ryan. Like, I think that 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 title drought makes a huge difference, um, in all sports, right? And um, there are right. I, I, I give hockey fans shit all the time about the state of hockey stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um there there is some of that entitlement there. And, and, and we, let me it's tell you this too as well because Zach and I lived through a couple of World Series with the Twins which does help, right? Ryan, you don't have that luxury that we did to have to, you know, we kind of lived through a couple of those. But even that was that, 2 years before first, I was born. Yeah, we're 30 some years down the road on that. I was 10 when Jack Morris pitched the gem the game of his life and the game of my life that I've ever seen. But uh, man, yeah, when, I get it. when this drought breaks in this town, people are going to lose their fucking minds. But until then, let's keep it a cool, a cool five and a half here. All right? We don't need to get to 10 because the team isn't doing what you want it to do all the time. Great point. Great point. That's fair. I got one more airing of grievances. Can we get back to taking the points in the first half? Like I'm just begging teams. Zach and I have talked about this many times, and I know Ryan. Ryan's Mister Numbers. Ryan's Mister Let's Let's roll the dice. Let's shake it up. Let's you know. Let's do this. Can we just stop with the? I mean, I get sometimes it works out for the Lions. Yesterday they went for it on fourth and goal at the one. They didn't get it, but they got the punt return for a touchdown three plays later. So everybody's like, "Well, that's why you go for it on fourth and one." You never know. You're right. You never know. Right. You never know. I also like taking the points there, though, and being up 3 nothing on the road when I'm a team that hasn't won a lot of road games in the last five years. That's me. Let me take the points at all times in the first half, and then third quarter, fourth quarter, I'll start thinking about going for two. 
I'll start thinking about going for it on fourth down. But in the first half, take the points. How many times this year have I seen people not get it on fourth down? The other team goes down and scores. Now we're chasing. We're chasing the whole goddamn day. We're going for two all the time. We're not getting it, so we got to go for two the next time. Just take the points when it's given to you. Good God. And occasionally, and it's no crime to punt it. Fourth down and four on your own 40-yard line. Go ahead and punt the ball. It's okay. It's all right. We'll forgive you. I, Jesus I, Christ. I do think that there's something to be said for that in the NFL. I I think that in college and in high school where kicking games are much less reliable. Agreed. It's a different conversation. But in the NFL, that field goal feels pretty automatic almost all of the time. Inside of 40 yards, right? Like you should be you should be taking the points in the first. I half. almost feel like inside of 50. Yeah. Kickers are making a lot of 50-yard kicks. You know, I mean, they're it, missing a lot of extra points, too, and some high-pressure stuff. But give me give early in the game when it's low stakes, they'll make them all the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, hate, the, I don't hate the idea of taking the points. I just, like, guys like Staley drive me crazy. And I like Dan Campbell, but Jesus Christ, just kick the field goal sometimes, man. Just kick it. You put yourself into so many bad spots, and you got to chase. And I, I just hate that. Just kick it. I'm, I'm you'll a, probably be all right. I'll, I'll say this. I like that Dan Campbell is consistent. It's true. Yeah. Right. And, and I and I ripped him the one time against the Vikings because I thought he got un- inconsistent at the end. But if if you're gonna write the one they lost, I thought that yep. he was go for it, go for it, go for it, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. I, if at least he's true to that, That's I'll, I'll give him some credit for that. So I'm a big believer in taking the points. Zach, do you have another airing of grievances? Uh, I did. I did have one more airing of grievances, um, and it's my constant airing of grievance on the show. Stop paying mediocre quarterbacks. Stop. Right. I mean, unless I, you have a top guy, that's it. Right. I mean, I we let's go. Let's go through all the shitty teams right now that are paying quarterbacks big money. First of all, the Titans are seven and seven, paying a quarterback huge money, and they're n- not even like he's not even an integral part, right? The Colts went and got Matt Ryan. Like, what are you doing, right? Like, you could get they're they're the four, they're four nine and one. They could be four nine and one with Sam Ellinger, right? The Raiders, yes, that's another great example, right? I've I've been bashing on Carr for a while too. Right. And he, and they gave him that boatload of money and, um, you know, fuck Russell Wilson. Right. I mean, and I don't like, I get that Russell Wilson has won a lot of games, but have you ever really looked at Russell Wilson and been like, he's the reason why they're winning. Right. It was always their defense and their running game. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and so my inverse of this is, you there are a lot of teams out there, right? The 49ers are winning games with below average quarterbacks, but they're not paying them in an arm and a leg. Right. Right. Um, the Seahawks are seven and seven with Geno Smith. The uh, you know, you go up, I mean, even the Lions are seven and seven with Goff, and I know Goff has a decent um 
contract to him, but he was cast off by his team. Yeah. They're paying some of that still, I think. You know, I don't even think Detroit's paying all that. Right. Uh, the commanders are 7-6-1 and one with Taylor Heineke for the most part, right? He's won more games than Wentz has. Right. So I think like we need to get away from, and I understand what the market is for quarterbacks. Yeah, Kirk's basically but, a bargain But now, you right? need to be a GM that goes, that's not what I want to spend my $40 million on. Right? I mean, like, you can win games with other guys and be okay. And then if you and if you really think you're there, right? If you're really there and this is your window and you want to pay the guy because he's consistent, he's been around, and everything else is really good, then fine. Like, take your shot. Right. But otherwise, like you need to have a if you don't have a top ten quarterback, stop paying them. Yeah. Because there are so many guys out there that are getting paid that are not that are not requisite of what they're getting paid. I think there's a lot of teams that pay quarterbacks just to say we have a quarterback. And I think that's right. That's exactly and, it. Yeah, what it ended up doing was, you know, the market got so inflated because the top guys got so much money. And teams are like, well, we have to tell our, our fans that we have a guy that we believe in, so we have to pay him this much money because they believe that's the market, when in reality, the market for an average quarterback should not be that much money. It's a, it's like a, it's a contract bubble, and eventually it has to come down. Right? We, teams cannot sustain to continue paying mediocre quarterbacks those kinds of dollars well, and losing. And, and that's – the problem is, is there's just not enough – good quarterbacks to go around, right? They're not weak. enough elite guys, right? No, not enough. Find, a, find another guys. way to win. It's not a crime to find another way to win. Right. And I just, I just look at, I, I think the Titans are a great example of this. Like how many other quarterbacks could you plug in Tennessee and they would still be seven and seven. Right. It's fair. You know, right now, right now, would you rather have Taylor Heineke or Ryan Tannehill? <sighs> I don't think in that either, on that team. I don't think either of them are good, but if I can take Heineke's contract. Yeah, that's it. And it's the same thing Philly did. Like Philly right. said, we've got a four-year window with Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract with a second round money. Like that's now the problem is going to come down to do you pay Jalen Hurts? Do you pay some of these other guys? And I don't know the answer to that. Like that's going to be the challenge when we get to that place. But I love the idea of going to the rookie quarterback, keeping them rolling with that like if if you can get away with it but you gotta i mean you, hopefully you find out he's the guy before then before that contract's up I, I think what we're looking at is is we get so skewed by this idea of young quarterbacks that we've been so spoiled by guys who can just step in and play that you know you you lose your appreciation for a guy you know a, a guy like Derek Carr Right, who in a in a normal situation in a normal league would be on a team with an you know an average contract, surrounded by guys who can make a couple of plays and kind of move the ball down the field to give their defense a break, and that money that normally would be spent on on the quarterback is getting spent on defense, and and their your game becomes 
we have to stop Patrick Mahomes. We have to stop Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert in this division. So we're not going to invest in a quarterback that that we are we're not going to inflate his value because we don't believe Derek Carr is this guy. Right? We're going to put that money in our defensive line and we're going to put that money in our secondary and we're going to stop them and and make their life hell and spread that money around rather than investing in in one position when we don't have a guy who can fill that 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 kind of value. And I think we've kind of lost that a little bit. It feels like the league has kind of moved away from that model because we're so spoiled by this excellent quarterback play we've had for the last 20 years. All right. I got, I got one more quick one. All right. Here we go. One more quick airing of grievance. Um, Here we go. I fantasy football guys on Twitter, please stop. (laughs) Okay. Here, here's, here's my great. All right. Let's hear this Two two parts of this. One, um, there are so many guys who are down on players. Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And it's like, and their teams are winning games. They're so caught up in the stats and the fantasy football points. And guess what? NFL teams don't fucking care about that. They care about winning games. And so I think too often we have so many fantasy football guys on Twitter that are worried about fantasy points and not like how that translates to the field. Right. Okay. My second piece of it is like, there are multiple ways to skin a cat. We agree when it comes to fantasy football. All right. So the first argument that I've had many times this year is the zero RB guys, right? The guys who want you to not draft running backs until round 10 and just hammer away at ride receivers and win that way. And the second one I had today was you got to have a mobile quarterback to win. Unless you have, you know, the top, top guys who are ripping it around, you got to take a mobile quarterback. The way to win at fantasy football is to find value where other people's are not finding value. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. In general, it is is zero RB a good strategy? Yes, it is. Is having a mobile quarterback a good strategy? Yes, it is. But if if you're in a 12-man league and nine guys go into the draft saying, hey, I've got to get a mobile quarterback, and they start overvaluing those ones, and you've got a bunch of people who are overvaluing going for wide receivers and tight ends in the zero RB strategy, guess where there's value? Yeah. With those running backs. Correct. So stop acting like your strategy is the be all end all. There are multiple ways to win in fantasy football. Yeah. I I always looked at it like it was, you know, everybody's going to have kind of a base amount of points. Like I always say like 50, if you can get to 50 points in our league, if you can get to 50 points, you just got to find another 25 and you got a shot. And, you know, sometimes you get beat on that, but usually I'm looking for that other 25 points. So where am I going to find my edge? Well, I got to have one guy, a couple of guys who can get me to 50, a couple positions who can get me to 50, and then I'm rolling the dice on some guys, right? Usually it's like my quarterback and a wide receiver one. They're going to get me my my 25, and then I got to find somewhere else. This year it was Nick Chubb for most of the year for me. I was finding a lot of value with my running backs with Nick Chubb. I had Travis Kelsey, who we talked about trading multiple times this year just because we just didn't have anybody else and we needed to find some other value. But like, it's just finding an edge. Right. Like you did that with Christian Watson, Zach. Like you did a great job with that of just holding, of finding him and holding him until he really caught fire. 
but like it, you knew it was coming, right? You you saw the value there. You saw they were trying to do it, and you just you make a move. I also had a wide receiver core that was just a dumpster fire at the time. But yes, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just I just think that there's so many people like fantasy football. I know is good for the game because it draws a lot more people in, right? And, and it's good good for us too because it gives us old guys something to do. And and, fo- is and nice. football is the best sport for fantasy. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um but it also I think takes away some because it it's an unrealistic view of how football is actually played. I think we agree on that. Boy, it's a good thing for you Zach that it didn't come down to Christian Watson tonight. He's got a few balls though. He has got a couple few, catches. He's Yeah. He's done a few things. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to need to score a touchdown, but he has not done that he, he, Who knows? He still might. You never yeah. know. Growth mindset. Guys, that way, I 100%. That's where I'm all about. Hey, nice job on the second annual airing of the, the tradition grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. And you will hear more of our airing of grievances in future uh, future uh, holiday podcasts. All right, guys, we have to go to the prediction segment. I I kicked your asses last week. I took the lead. I lead for the first time all season. Zach is is falling on hard times. Falling on hard times the last couple of weeks as far as picking guys, uh, but not not Tim. Tim has figured some you, things out. You got to get the old uh, Dusty Rhodes hard time sounder here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. 36 and 29 I am heading into tonight. 35 and 30 are Ryan and Zach. Just one game back as we head to uh, the next week of predictions. And this one, gosh, it was a bad week of games, guys. But most of the games are on Christmas Eve, a Saturday slate of games. Only three games on Sunday. All of them are bad. All of them are terrible. Like Sunday night has Tom at the Cardinals. Trace McSorley versus Tom. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out if I need to do laundry that night or if there's some, you know, they got a, it's a, could be, could be a good sock sorting night. You know, it could be something like that. Instead of watching that day. There's three games on Christmas day, but all the games are on Christmas Eve, which I'm actually kind of into. I'm into the games on Christmas Eve. Game number one. It, this honestly might be the best game. The New York giants are at the Minnesota Vikings. The giants are eight, five and one Vikings are 11 and three. The Vikings are three and a half point favorites. Zach, I'll give it to you first. Um, I'm done betting against the Vikings right now. They've got the horseshoe up their ass, so I will go with the Vikings. <laughs> Ryan. You know, I would be worried about this game uh, a, a lot more if I felt like Daniel Jones was a real, like, big throwing threat. I think this is a team that likes to run the ball and that's great. And they can, they can definitely do that. But Minnesota has been that much better against the run than they have been against the pass. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Minnesota here. I just, I think that uh, Zach's right. They're just, you just can't bet against them. Even if they get down, even if it looks bad, they've always got a chance to come back and be in it. Uh, the offense is just really, really strong. So I'm going to take Minnesota. The Vikings know how to let average quarterbacks have big games. Copyright Mac Jones, copyright Mike White, uh, copyright everybody who's ever played quarterback against the Vikings throwing for big numbers. Danny Dimes will throw for 300-plus yards this weekend, and they will lose by a field goal. So they will cover the (laughs) three-and-a-half. Vikings win 31-28. They cover the three-and-a-half. I'm taking the Giants to cover that. 
on on what will be another barn burner that goes down to the wire. Are you, Give starting, me that are you starting Danny Dimes this week then? Don't think I haven't thought about it. Uh, my associate, uh, my associate, and I have to talk about that uh, tonight and see if that's a move we want to make because the Deshaun thing hasn't broken out yet. And the question is, do we want to wait on that or do we go Danny Dimes Christmas Eve? I played. Uh, I played Fanduel on Saturday. I played Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, and Paris Campbell against the Vikings. <laughs> it just feels like an auto start for Danny Dimes. I'll be chatting with my associate. If if you want, if you want a hot tip. Start start uh, Cody Bellinger, the tight end for the Giants. I was going to say the first baseman it's, for the uh, no, the right fielder for the Dodgers or whatever. I, I can't do it. You can't. I can't do that at this point. Are you kidding the, me? The tight end for the Giants. Tight ends are eating the Vikings alive right now. It's true. It, it, Eric, you're right. Eric, is it Cody? It was, did I get that wrong? Is that not his name? Was, Cody Bellinger, I know, plays outfield for the same, Dodgers. Uh, yeah. They have the same name or... Or is that Clay Bellinger? No, who is it? Cody is it Cody Bellinger? Cody, Cody Bellinger, Bellinger plays center fielder. Daniel Bellinger. I'm sorry, that's my bad. Daniel Bellinger, same same last name, but they uh, yeah no tight ends are eating the Vikings up right now. Uh, Eric Kendricks can't cover anything if it was standing still in the middle of the field. So, uh, uh, Harrison Smith didn't look too good either. Harrison Smith looked fine. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But, anyway, but Cody Bellinger signed with the Cubs. But yes. Oh, did he sign with the Cubs? Dan, Holy Daniel shit. We need, a hot, we need a hot stove pod. There's so much action right now. It's crazy. We need a hot yeah. stove pod. Um, Philadelphia is at Dallas. Dallas is six-point favorites because of the Gardner Minshew news. So that broke just as the pod was starting. No Jalen Hurts, it looks like. It looks like it's Gardner Minshew. I actually don't think that's the worst backup in the world, to be really honest with you. Gardner Minshew can throw the ball. Like, uh, I don't think they can. Six points a lot, Ryan. What do you think? This is in Dallas, right? Correct. In Dallas. I'm going to take the Eagles to cover, but Dallas wins. Eagles cover, Dallas wins. You like Philly to cover the six and the six points. Yep. All right, uh, Zach. Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't think the drop off to Minshew is going to kill them. And they're a good team with a really good defense. So I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, I'm gonna with I'm with you here. I think the Eagles can not only cover the six. I think they can win. Uh, Dak is in. Dak has thrown eight touchdowns, seven picks in his last four games. That's not good. And they were in some fights against Houston, Jacksonville. You know, all they had that giant blowout win. They played great against the Colts. They played great against the the Giants in Dallas on Thanksgiving. They played great against the Vikings. Two stinkers in a row. They got lucky in Houston, and they got beat with a big lead in Jacksonville, and it's because they get willy-nilly and they throw the ball around too much. They don't have a second receiver. There are concerns with Dallas. Mike McCarthy in December. It's very possible. <laughs> Give me Philly to cover the six. Dallas might win you know by what? three, um, but I think Philly covers. I, uh, I'm i going to change my pick. I'm going to go with Zach. I'm going to take the Eagles. Eagles cover. Eagles win. Oh, Eagles win, but Eagles cover slash win. Yeah. You think? Okay. I like it. So Philly covers. I got Philly covering. Zach's got Philly covering. We all got the Eagles. We're all on the Eagles. Jets, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, six and eight, coming on strong. The Jets lose. They played Zach Wilson. Here's what I love about your guy, Robert Sala. He says, you know, I really hate the media for getting this whole instant coffee in this instant coffee generation about Zach Wilson. It's like, well, hang on a minute now. That's pretty rich coming from the coach who benched him after one snide comment in a post game. 
uh, for three games in favor of Mike White. Let's 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 hang on here. You're the guy who benched Zach Wilson, not the media, not us. I didn't do it. You did that. So who's the instant coffee guy right now? Please. So Zach Wilson might start again unless Mike White gets cleared. Who knows? But it's a one-point Jets favorite uh, over the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Zach? I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I'm, I'm buying into Trevor Lawrence. Um, I apologized earlier for doubting him. I'm, I'm ready to see him go. It'll never happen again. Yep. Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm also on this. I'm going to, I'm going to take the Jags. I, the Jags are weird. They're, I think they're a fun watch. They're a very fun watch right now, but they're a weird team. They've got some bad losses on their resume, some really bad losses on their resume. Um, especially in road games. I guess I don't love them as much on the road as I do at home at home. I think they're a really tough out on the road. I think they lose. I'll give me the jets to win this game. Cover the one point. The Detroit Lions, the hottest team in the league, who are officially lurking. I think they were loitering two weeks ago. They are lurking now on the playoffs. On the road at Carolina. Carolina, who plays hard, although Pittsburgh beat them up pretty good over the weekend. Detroit's two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Does the kind of the miracle run continue, or is it coming to a screeching halt at some point, Ryan? Uh, I think it's coming to a screeching halt at some point, just not now. Uh, I don't trust the Panthers to do much of anything, and I think the Lions are just playing really well offensively. Um, I'm going to take Detroit. What was the line? Two and a half. Detroit's favorite? Yeah, two and a half. Detroit's a a road favorite, two and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit to win and cover. I'm going to also go with the Lions. Um, I think think their run's going to go... Until Green Bay takes them down, and that that will end their uh, hope because Green Bay will slide in front of them, and I'm st- I'm still holding out hope here that Green Bay gets in. So lurking are the Lions, and they could get to a winning record at eight and seven with a win this week. And I'm with you. I'm going to take the Lions as well to beat Carolina. All this talk that maybe Sam Darnold's the answer. It's like don't trick, don't do this, don't do this to yourself, Carolina fans. You've already done this dance. Like we've already seen this. We've seen this movie play out. He's not very good, uh, and Pittsburgh showed that over the weekend. And and make no mistake, the Detroit Lions are going to find every way to break your heart, and sometimes in the most po- in the most just horrible, heart-wrenching way possible. So Zach's absolutely right. They're going to have a win-and-in scenario against Green Bay in Green Bay. You just have to go win that game, and they're going to completely melt down because that's what the Detroit Lions do. It's <laughs> There's termites in the building. They're not there yet. They're a year ahead of themselves right now, I think. it's Give it time. Detroit, it's coming. This run did get Dan Campbell a third year, though, for sure. Like He's back now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he those those his team's playing hard for him. 100%. No doubt. They're, 100%. they're playing hard. They're playing their asses off for him. But good Lord, man. I mean, it's, at some point, at some point, you got to start wondering if the whole city is just buried on some or just built on some burial ground. Some some That's, ancestral native ground. And uh, there's just a bunch of curses out there and I poltergeists. Just, and I have I have never outside of Cleveland. I have never seen an organization that just so perennially happens to find the worst way to hurt their fans. So I'm wholly expecting, you know what it is? They poured all their luck into the Red Wings. 
the Red Wings and the Pistons. It was it. It's everything is in the Red Wings. I was going to say I'm not feeling sorry for Detroit. They can fuck off. They've won plenty of titles over the last two decades with hockey and with basketball. They can go fly a kite. Like I'm, I'm not having it. I'm not. I'm, Baseball I'm, too. I guess they won a World Series. Did they, I don't? Did the Tigers didn't win a World Series. They got to they two did. of them. Yeah, they did. What? Oh, they did win. Yeah, they did. Okay, they did. They got one. But they went to like two or three. Wasn't Jim Leland like, brought them. Twenty twelve. Did they yeah. win that one? I yeah. thought they lost. They lost that one that. to the. Is that the one they lost to the Giants? They lost to the Giants. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. They lost to that one. Was it like oh five? See, I yes, they, they won. I, a I remember it in in my lifetime. They've won one. Okay. Last one. Seattle looks like they're kind of coming apart. Still playing hard, but losing. At Kansas City. Kansas City, this is inflated though to me. Kansas City's nine and a half point favorites. Nine and a half point favorites. I don't Zach. mean to go back on this. I'm sorry. They did lose two. Yeah. They did lose two. They I thought so. Two. They last, lost two World last Series. Win was 84. They yeah. lost Kirk to the Gibson. Cardinals and they lost to the Giants. Yep. Thank you. I thought so. I thought so. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites over the Seahawks. Zach? That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. And Kansas City has been average. Well, I don't want to say average, but they haven't been as as great as they've been in the past. They are, they've been in a fight. They're winning, they were they're winning fight a lot of games, but they're not blowing people out. So I guess I'll go with Seattle. I'll trust uh, I'm there too. to keep it close. I'm on Seattle to cover the nine and a half. I don't think they'll win because again, this is like a boxer that goes to the scorecards. It's like every year, like the, the, the chiefs find a way to win on points. Like they, they win, you know, eight rounds out of 10, 10 to nine, they win on judges scorecards, but it's nothing pretty and they don't knock anybody out. Ryan. Uh, this to me feels like both the end of the line for the Seahawks and the, uh, and the game that we start talking about Kansas City as a team that can win the AFC. I think Kansas City wins and covers. Wins and covers. Wow, big win for the Chiefs at home. Might be right. We're going to keep that, an eye that, on it this week. That Seattle defense is is not very good. They've they've made more with less, and, and this weekend they've got an inex- inexperienced secondary going against Patrick Mahomes, and we've seen how that how that plays out time and time again. We'll keep an eye just, on it. I think Kansas City just doesn't have the weapons like they've had. And I don't know if that's all Tyreek Hill being gone, but it seems like they just have a bunch of guys with Travis Kelsey. Do you know what? It, to me, it feels like what they're what they're doing is uh, it feels like they're finding more out of the backfield than they have in previous years, which – Leads to fewer explosive plays, but more sustained drives for them. They feel and, very New Englandy, like late New Englandy when it was Gronk and then Edelman and then some possession yeah. receivers. You throw it to James White out of the backfield. You get the they, that's what it kind team, of feels like. It's a lot of Pacheco and they found something with Jarek McKinnon here. That, he just fits that system so well. I don't know. It seems like a recipe to get beat by Cincinnati again. It might. That's very possible too. Let's go to the eliminator. Uh, last week we thought about eliminating the Browns. The Browns won, so they're in it. Who else can we eliminate here? The Saints. Oh, the The pickings are slim. 
<laughs> yes. Um, because we're getting hosed some way by a playoff. Somebody is going to beat us. So we already are out. But. So I think even with the Cleveland win, they're on the the list, the short list. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans. They're, they're also not losing on tiebreakers either. Yeah. New Orleans, uh, New Orleans is there because we all know, like, if Tampa, Tampa might just, nobody wants to take the division from Tampa, even though Tampa's trying to hand it, hand it off, trying to give it away. So that, that's the thing. There's only a one game lead there, but there's also a mess of tiebreakers in the division and, you know, the Falcons and the Pan the Panthers are technically ahead of the Saints right now. Yep. Um, I, but I'm reluctant to eliminate them. I think we have to go the Browns, even with their win. Yeah, you might be right. Because they're still going to, they're not going to beat, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to leapfrog uh, since they're not getting to Cincinnati, obviously. And I don't think they're going to leapfrog Baltimore because they're going to get Lamar Jackson back this week and Lamar's going to find a way to get him in the playoffs, probably. I'm going to throw a team out there that you're not going to agree with me at first, but I'm going to try, I'm going to test myself on selling you here. Fair. No. <laughs> we need to eliminate the New England Patriots. No, I knew that's where you were going. Here's why. The New England Patriots' next three games are the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. They are mm-hmm. already outside of the playoff race looking in. But what if they win they, those games? They have, they lost tiebreakers to the Raiders this week. And the Raider, and even if the Raiders come back, right, and I'm not saying they will, they, they're probably going to lose both games to the Bills and the, and the Dolphins, which they're already out of the division. Both The Dolphins are already ahead of them on the, on the playoff seating. And and they've got to play the Bengals yet, and the Bengals look like the hottest team in the AFC out there, out there right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're just playing really well. I don't see a way that New England win, gets back into this thing. But New England's only a game back where Cleveland is two back. And I get the Cleveland schedule is easier. But I, I just can't see them getting in. For me, for me, it might be it's either the Patriots or the Jets for me. And the Jets might be next week's if they lose to the Jags. See, I'd be more interested to eliminate the Jets before I'd eliminate the Patriots, in all fairness, just because I think the Jets don't have a quarterback. I mean, I could argue the Patriots don't have one either. Um, and, so then, and I think that's, we're eliminating New, uh, New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New Orleans does not have a quarterback either. That's just it. If you're asking me, like I, to me, there's as much as I don't think the obviously the Bucks are not good. Like I don't think the Saints are going to take that division from anybody. Like, Here's what me, I'll say. Hold hold on. I, my I'll I'll just say this, and then I'll let you guys decide it. There's three games left. Yep. The Browns are two games back. That's true. Of the of the last playoff spot. And not only are the two games back, but right now, tiebreaker wise, they're behind the Jaguars, they're behind the Raiders. So really they're one, two, three, four, they're five spots out of that. That's probably so not true. only do they need to win, but they need help from New England, New York, Jacksonville, Las Vegas. That's why the Browns are my pick. All right, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was just going to say that the uh, the Saints and the Browns play this week. Uh, I mean, we we don't we've had a shortage of loser leave talent matches so far this year. 
Uh, so if we wanted just to set up a loser leaves town match for next week and just kind of throw somebody to the wolves this week, take your pick of those kind of top wildcard potentials in, in the AFC, eliminate somebody. And then you've got a built in one for next week with a loser leaves town. Where is the Browns is the Browns game at home or are they, yeah, they're, the they're home against the saints. See, uh, fuck that. I wish the, I wish the bucks could have just played some half decent football here and put that division away. So we could have just put a bullet in the saints. Saints are terrible. Not a good team at all. But they're only one game back. The Browns. They're are, only one the game Browns back. I can't. Games, yeah. The Browns are two games back, and they have several teams to pass. Yeah, I, th- I, God damn it, I think it's the Browns. Just because I, I think the Saints are the worst team. The wor- out of the worst out of the teams left, it's the Saints. But all the the Bucks can't beat anybody. They can't score. They can't do anything. They can't eliminate anyone. I mean, if the Saints play the Bucks tomorrow, I don't know if the Bucks could beat them. Who do the, who do the Bucks have on their schedule left? They have Arizona Sunday Night Football against Trace McSorley. Which, God damn it, you better win that game. I mean, you gotta win that game. They've got Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. They gotta win all of those games. I don't know if they're going to win all those games, Tim. Well, no, but. You got to win two out of three you, and win the division at eight and you nine. Cer- you certainly have to beat the Panthers. I, I am. God, the Panthers should have won a game last week. That, God damn. I am. I am dumbfounded that we are not just going. Yes, Browns are done. Yeah, I'm with you on the Browns. I just, God damn it, I want to kick other teams around. But yes, I think the Browns are the team. I agree with you. I think the Browns are the team. I just wanted us to have a legitimate conversation about this. It's like I tell. I said this before. It's not always about how many games you're back. It's about how many teams you have to pass. That's true. I agree with you. They might win three more games. But is any like that means that the the Dolphins have to win one. It's fair. And that that brings them to a tie and then they have to win the tiebreaker with them. That's true. And all those other teams. It's got to be the Browns. I'll go with that. Browns out. We'll eliminate the Saints after they lose to the Browns this Saturday and the Bucks beat the Cardinals cuz that'll pretty much cinch the Saints and that'll knock them out. So, God damn it, Tom, win this game. Son of a bitch, win this game, Tom. Stop keeping the Saints in this. Browns, you're out. Time for you to go. Tribe has spoken. Power rankings. Things are moving around. Dallas losing. Some stuff up in the air. Top five power rankings. Let's do this. I'll go first. I'm a believer in Brock Purdy. San Francisco 49ers. They're five. Their defense is legitimate. The quarterback now has played a couple of games, and he looks the same in all the games, which is rock solid. They don't need him to throw for 300 yards. That's not what they need him to do. He won a game without Debo Samuel. They got George Kittle involved finally. I think the San Francisco team is peaking at the right time. They won the division, so they're guaranteed a home playoff game. And they could catch Minnesota before this is done. Like I think that's still possible. I don't know if that's the team I want to face. Give me San Francisco at five. I'm going to move the Vikings back to five. I, wow, really? That's huge. Well, they've they've got the good record, as Ryan will be quick to point out, right? They seem to have luck on their side. Um, 
the Cowboys last, uh, and that that you know the three road games is gonna be tough for them. So I'm gonna put Minnesota at five. Ryan, I also unsurprisingly have the Minnesota Vikings at fifth. Um, obviously, the record is one thing. Uh, you know, we are uh, um, we're getting to a point in the season where you know you want to be putting things that are convincing on on you know on tape here and i don't think that they've done that 100 percent. but uh the thing that you you look for i think in in teams like like this is how they handle adversity and outside of you know the the dallas game and some would argue the philadelphia game though i, I don't think that went as poorly as as we remember uh and i've, I've said that a few times uh i think that this team maybe better than anybody handles getting down and continuing to fight. And if you're, if you have an offense that can keep you in a game in this league, you're always going to have a shot. So I'm going to keep Minnesota at, in my five spot. Number four. Uh, I'll take Cincinnati at four. I got the Bengals there. I think they continue. I was impressed. I thought they were dead. Uh, Bucks really took it to him in the first half. Should have had a bigger lead. Uh, but since he rolled them over in the second half, pretty impressive. Cincinnati's at four. Uh, I've got your Niners team at four, Tim. Okay. Um, that's right. That's where I had him last time. Um, Brock Purdy continues to get the job done for them. Uh, they're a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. They've got a great defense. They're my fourth team. Ryan. Uh, my fourth team is the, uh, the Buffalo bills and, you know, there, I think that the my uh, yeah, I, I think I just think that that for the top three or four, you could really flip a coin for me right now on on all of them. Uh, maybe with the exception of Philadelphia, who's just pulled away. Um, I I really do think that the the top three teams in the AFC are really the top three teams in the AFC. There's there's just not a whole lot of question to me. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go the Bills here just by a, a slim margin. Yep, I have Buffalo at three for me. So I'll just quickly insert that right there. Buffalo's three for me, Zach. Um, I also have Buffalo at three, similar to last week. I I trust them not quite as much as I trust the Chiefs. And I I don't know. Um, I obviously I think the bye week will become a huge piece. And right now, that's the Bills, not the Chiefs. Um, that's true, but. I don't know that it's necessarily going to end that way, and I think the Chiefs are just slightly ahead of them right now. Number three, Ryan? Uh, my number three team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, again, really good team. I, I think that they're they're excellent. I have some defensive questions about the Chiefs. Um, I, I think that 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 secondary is they're they're missing they're missing a little bit of a little bit of an edge on the, in that secondary. It just feels like they don't have kind of that that difference maker on defense that they had uh even a couple of years ago but offensively they're just as dangerous as ever i mean patrick mahomes is you want to talk about a horseshoe up your ass i half the throws that that guy makes if anyone else made them they'd be in the hands of the defense and i just don't know how he continues to get away with this but he does uh so we have to respect it so i'm going to keep him at three 
All right, three there for Kansas City. Then my number two is Kansas City. I have them right there. Zach, I think you do too as well, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, they're my Kansas second two. I, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, like that their kicking game has struggled this year and we're waiting for it to bite them. And yep. it did bite them last week and they still were able to win uh, in spite of it. But, um, you know, they're a good team, right? I mean, you Mahomes is a great quarterback. Uh, their defense does enough. Um, I like them a little more than the Bills, but I the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun this year. I think there's going to be a lot of good matchups. There's going to be a couple of crappy ones the first weekend, but yep. overall it's going to be pretty good. I agree with you 100. Uh, by the way, speaking of Mahomes, they just uh, on the Classic Twins YouTube channel they just dropped Pat Mahomes' debut start against the uh, Texas Rangers. So if you ever want to go on uh, YouTube and watch pitch out Pat Ryan and get up to speed on Mahomes as a Twins pitcher, there you go. Uh, Ryan, number two for you. Uh, my number two team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this is you a team gotta, that, you're high on them. You've been high on them for a while. In fairness, too, you've been high they on are, them. They have gotten hot. They're getting hotter at the right time. And I think underrated in all of this is uh, the way that they've been able to to adjust. You want to talk? Oh my God, Baker Mayfield! What the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, they, How about the pitch? You want to? You want to? You want to talk about a team that's that's getting hot at the right time? Uh, defensively and and starting to to kind of turn the corner and, and get over that Super Bowl hangover, the Bengals are starting to look like who we thought they might be at the beginning of the year. You and might that's, be right. And that's a dangerous team, especially with the experience they got last year. So and I'm going to keep the Bengals at two. And I want to see them play the Eagles, man. I want to see them play. They're also getting healthy. Yeah. They are getting healthy. You're right, 100%. They look like the best team in the – they look really good. Like – they look like they can play physical games with teams. They look like they can pull away offensively when they want to. Uh, when they're rolling, and now Higgins is a major part of the offense again, it's like, wow, they look really – they look good. They look really, really good. Do we all have Philly then at number one? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Zach says yes as well. I've, Philly I've stays Philly number, number one, one for years. That's true. You've had them there since 20, 2018. 2018, they've been the number one team. Uh, it's pretty fascinating how you were able to see it that clearly four years ago before we even had a pod. It's really impressive on your it's part. It's like the LeBron James like, meme. Yeah. <laughs> I always knew. I always knew, always I always knew. knew the Eagles were going to be good in 2022. <laughs> now, an, an interesting point is in week 17, we get Bills at Bengals. So we're actually going to get to sort this out a little bit here. I'm I'm excited for that game. I'm, I'm, if, let's hope I'm, it matters to somebody because hopefully they're not just going to sit on each other and not play. I mean, you'd like to hope that they well, they, go they have one more game season. after that too. So I mean, it's still going to matter for seating. Yep. Because uh, because Kansas City kind of has to win out if if they want a chance at this thing, and they've got a good shot to do it. Uh, but I mean, it's I I would like to see the Bengals at that number one spot. Let's see the AFC run through run through Cincinnati. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh, yes. I. It's next week. We're going to keep an eye on it. Gentlemen. I, I would like to see it run through the Bills, but there's a massive snowstorm and the Bills can't. Uh, yeah. yeah. We got another horrible line of snow coming on. It's, it's snowed in Mini here today. Minneapolis snowed again another couple inches. Looks like it's going to snow again Wednesday, Thursday. Ten, ten plus inches, they're saying. Get the... Um, see, we've got the roof on the stadium. Buffalo, get the roof on the stadium this time around. And you're moron fans. Stop throwing the goddamn snowballs. Like, yeah, come on. Is this is it going to be ten legit inches, or is it going to be ten internet inches? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I heard. Let's uh, more, let's keep an eye on more it. More weather terrorism. 
I'm more worried about the wind chill more than anything because that wind's going to start to blow. And if that wind gets blowy and the snow starts blowing around, that's when it's going to get ugly. All right, guys. That's an hour 40. That's a marathon pod we just did tonight. I'm so proud of both of you. Uh, first of all, once again, uh, Merry Christmas, both of you guys. I hope you guys have a great uh, holiday with the folks, with the family, with the kiddos, um, and that you enjoy yourselves because we're going to come back day after Christmas. In fact, we might even have to get together Christmas night late. Who knows to get break down all of this, uh, all of this Saturday and Sunday football action. But if not, we're here Monday. We're going we're gonna to chop it up Monday and get the pod back up and running for you day after Christmas, Boxing Day, if you will, and it'll be, a, it'll be a, a great time. We'll break down all the football action this weekend, probably talk about all of our holiday experiences as well, and Ryan can break down uh, first, uh, first father, first Christmas as dad and see just how that, how that experience broke. Can't wait. Down. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so till next time, for Ryan, for Zach, Tim saying, keep your head up and we will see you next time. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all that good stuff. And we'll see you.